Hello, this is Paula Matthews for Epic Books and Cafe. Today's message is a bit different when you consider the time of which we're uh, releasing this message right now. We're in October. People are thinking about witches and goblins and dressing up all things that glorify Satan and evil. Even Christians, even Christians do as unbelievers do by dressing in costumes that praise demonic and satanic characters, even dressing up in characters to honor the holiday. And uh, some do it in fun, some do it in jest, but there's more to it in the realm of the Spirit, especially for those uh, who are called by the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us to put on the new man. That's the character and costume we're supposed to be wearing, not only on the outside, but it should be a reflection of what's happening on the inside of us, which Christ being the anointed one and his anointing. That is our costume, that's our, our dress, that's our mantle, that's what we carry as believers. And it should be something we're wearing daily. So there's no need to, for us to dress up for characters to honor another holiday that honors the opposite spirit than what God is. It's almost treasonous in many ways to say that we are believers in Jesus Christ, but yet we do things that glorify Satan. And the reason being is because Jesus told us to hallow the name of God the Father meaning to make it holy, reference it, and it's to be placed, his name is to be placed above all other names in his honor and glory as well. But people tend not to understand that. People tend not to, to really pay attention to those simple things that mean everything to God because they don't think it's important. So when we represent uh, those things by dressing up, it's not, we're not representing God anymore because what you wear represents who we identify with. You'll see it, especially if you go to some of these conventions where people are dressed up like certain characters. They dress that because they honor and reverence those characters, and so they dress like that. And and you'll see anytime people dress a certain way, it could be after a Hollywood star or someone they've seen on television, it's because they're reverencing that person and elevating that person to want to imitate them. But that's not what we're supposed to do as believers in Jesus Christ. And that, again, is why Jesus told us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means to be holy, to be honored, and reverence. Uh, the devils use a wordplay on, on the name uh, to create a description for another holiday, a label that's set aside, uh, originally is set aside for honor to God, and use it in a wordplay to create a holiday that is against God. And it is to mock the Father, mock who he is and what he stands for. Even if you look at how people talk about how it used to be All Saints Day, where they used to honor the martyrs and saints, and what do they do now? They martyr the dead, but the wicked and the evil. So it's like everything the enemy does, he does to mock, twist, and deceive people who don't know any better to follow after his ways. But the biggest thing is we're supposed to know that we're supposed to hallow the name of God and what he represents. And it's really key now because this is not the time for us to waver between two opinions. It's like Elijah told the people of God back in the day, if the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. That was in 1 Kings 18 and 21. The enemy is right now striking out with everything he's got. He's showing no mercy toward people, for God's people or people in general. At this point, we need to be crying out to mercy for God because we have sided with the enemy in many ways without knowing it. And we're sleeping with the enemy without even knowing it. 
But this is the time. We need the mercy of God. We need the grace of God to help us through what's coming. And first and foremost, that's for America. Uh, the devil has a nation in what appears to be a death grip. That's what I heard the Holy Spirit say. It's intentional, but it's the only way the devil, the only way the devil could have such a grip on this nation is because Christians have cooperated with the world. And the Holy Spirit said that God's people are asleep on the job. And I literally heard him say that God's people were asleep at the wheel and the devil is driving the nation. And that's unfortunately because God left us in charge of the nation. And so many Christians are sitting back looking powerless when it's obvious that the world and those around us is going to hell on a slippery slope. And Christians don't seem to care. The people don't seem to care. So God is not happy with this. We're not hallowing his name. We're not doing things in his name that honor him. We're doing just the opposite because we're trying to be politically correct when in actuality we should be standing up for the kingdom and what we claim to be as Christians. Because we don't care, because we're not acting like we care, we're not doing the things that God is expecting, we're out of the will of God. Now, he doesn't want anybody to perish, yet in our disobedience we dishonor him and we mock God. Again, Jesus said, hallowed be thy name, reverence the Father in every way, not only in our conduct and our behavior, but also our words, what we speak, what we agree to. And the enemy has people imitating him. There's people imitating demons and, and, and all kinds of satanic things and movie stars and you name it. We're, we're following after things that are not important in the scheme of things. But because of what the world is doing, so many Christians are following behind that. And they're imitating the world. And what the world says is important. But as Christians, we're told in Ephesians 5.1 to imitate God like obedient children. So what happened? What happened to the Church of Jesus Christ in America? Why aren't they standing for truth? Why aren't they doing what Jesus told us to do? He said, go into all the world, preach, and demonstrate the gospel, teaching all men what I have taught you. So who's teaching whom? It would seem that the world is teaching the church and not the other way around. It seems like the world is teaching the church how to be disobedient to God instead of the church teaching the world how to follow after the teachings of Jesus Christ. And you remember last time God said that he blamed Christians for what was going on in the nation. He said that we were co-dependent and co-conspirators with the kingdom of darkness. You think about it, being co-dependent. Have, ever have anybody who's in drug or alcohol rehab? And uh, one of the issues they have, people don't keep them honest because they're feeding them the very thing that's feeding their addiction. We're not trying to help them, we're hurting them. Whether they want something, you give it to them. You do it maybe out of duress, out of feeling like you're being forced to do something. But in any case, you play around with them. You don't be straight with an addict and tell them, hey, you need to get help. I'm not going to help you anymore. I'm not going to put up with this. No, you become codependent because you're not helping them. You feel sorry for them and you hurt them. And it's pretty much what's going on in the world right now. Christians are not telling them the truth. In many ways, they're trying to play, well, we need to love everybody. Yeah, you can love the people, but you got to speak to the sin. You can always, you're supposed to always love the people, but we don't, we don't condone evil nor wickedness. So for you to go along with it is to actually dishonor God. You're not hallowing his name. You're not hallowing his son. You're not even, even being a good representative of the kingdom. You're siding with the world. And that's what the Lord called codependent. But he also said co-conspirators of the kingdom of darkness. 
Meaning, whatever the enemy's plotting, we go along with it. I think the last time he said, whatever the enemy offers, we receive it um, because it's, in a, it's put on a, a silver tray. And uh, we're trying to agree with evil and looking for the good where there's only deception. And so that's what he meant by being co-conspirators. We know what's wrong, but we won't stand up for it. And the Bible says to know what to do and not do it is a sin. And so this is what the God, God is saying. You know, he says, told Jesus told us to pray, hallowed be thy name. Holy is the God. Do we realize what it means to be in the family of a holy God? And that's the thing that doesn't seem to be ringing true with a lot of Christians. We just think, well, it's God and he doesn't care. He doesn't mind. I'm saved. I'll be okay. No, it doesn't work that way. James 4, 4 tells us plainly to be a friend of the world means to be an enemy of God. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but again, the reality is we're told to hallow God, reverence, honor him, and the power that resides within his name. And Christians can go on and on and talk about the power, this power in the name, this power in the name of Jesus. We get that. There's power in the name, but are you walking in that power? Are you demonstrating that power? Jesus gave his power in his name. So how can we turn around and mock the God who gave us his name to honor, who gave us his son, who gave us his power, and then we turn around and we mock it by playing games with the world? It makes no sense, especially in the times in which we live. We're witnessing war in Israel and wickedness in various parts of this nation and the nations of the world. Think about all this gender confusion and how little kids who needed permission to go on a field trip, now they can have injections to change their gender without the parents being notified. Don't need the parents' consent for that. That tells you how sick this world is. America is sick to the core right now. But it's not God's plan for America. It was never God's plan. He was going to use America as a demonstration to the world. So we're out of order with God. So it is not the time to play games with the devil. It is not time to play games with the devil who's trying to get a consensus of the people in the land in order to destroy the land. Now, some people see what's going on, and I've heard people say it over and over again. Well, the devil is busy. Okay, and? But it's not exactly what you think. The devil has been given a free course by a lot of Christians. That's the only reason he's busy. We're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. But on the other hand, there are some who are. Those of us who are standing on the word and we're standing in prayer, God is moving among us. And the enemy is, the enemy is being stirred up by the light that is shining in the darkness. This world is a dark place. The people have gross darkness up on them. But Isaiah 60 said that God would rise upon us and his glory would be seen upon us. And so for those of us who are actually doing what God told us to do, we know for sure that we're okay in the sense that we're obeying God, we know for sure that God's light can be seen on us through the darkness. Kind of reminds me of what Jesus said in John chapter 3. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he continues by saying, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now if you consider what Christians are doing, by not speaking up, by not correcting the world and the people that they know in the world that are doing wrong, they're already condemned, but we're not helping them get out of the condemnation and out of that place against God. So Jesus continues, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he's saying who's condemned are those who don't believe. 
And he says, and this is a condemnation, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So that's where we are today. People love the darkness, but they have no idea that it's getting ready to explode in their faces. But as Christians, we know. So we need to speak up to save the souls before they're destroyed. And Jesus continues by saying, for those who practicing, who are practicing evil hate the light and they will not come to the light lest their deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen and that they have been done in God. So what he's basically said was people don't come to the light. Yeah, Jesus is the light. The light's there. The word is the light. The truth is the light. But people aren't coming to the light of God because they love to be in the evil. And there's a lot of people talking about what's light and I'm this and I'm woke. If God is not in it, if they're not talking about Jesus Christ being the light of the world, then they don't have light. It's just another shade of darkness. But you will know when light comes. Because when light comes, darkness has to flee. Think about this. Have you ever had roaches in your house or apartments? Well, you don't have to answer that. But if you ever experienced or seen it on a show or television or a show somewhere, what happens when you walk into a room and you turn on the light? The roaches scramble, trying to flee the light. The same is true of evil. Jesus didn't use that analogy of roaches, but he could have. Because people who do evil under the cover of darkness are being exposed by the light. And that light is God's word in this season. And what they're doing, they're scrambling, they're running, they're trying to do as much evil as they can before it's over. And I think you, if you can recall, I had given a, um, a vision, talked about a vision that the Lord had given me, how he was watching over Washington, D.C. And he was standing up there and his angels were ready to, to, to march in. They were ready to take their orders to come in and, and war against what was going on in Washington, D.C. And Jesus was standing there waiting, waiting for them to turn around and do good, but they didn't. In fact, they thought nobody saw. They were hiding documents. They were hiding money. They were hiding all these things at a rapid pace, trying to hide even more and more. It's like, okay, but they had no sense that Jesus was watching everything they did. The angels were standing there watching everything they were doing, but they loved darkness. But what they don't understand is God does his best work under cover of darkness. The hidden things, the things that are done in darkness, God moves in darkness. He's in those places watching. So it doesn't matter... What you do, think you hide, and God sees it all. There's no place you can go that he can't see. So as I said, the light comes, and they scramble. And that's what's going on now. That's why there's so much evil going on. The light is shining, and they're trying to turn out the light. They're trying to block it out, but it's not going to happen. So what do we do as people of God? We have one task in the season of darkness. Our job is not to join in with the evil or to exaggerate its potency, by speaking and repeating what the devil is doing. No, that's giving praise to the devil and the evil he's bringing forth. We were called and ordained to set and set aside to show forth the praises of Almighty God and his son, Jesus Christ. Shall I read to you 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That's who you are. We're no longer in the dark. We're no longer standing in the dark. He pulled us out of the darkness. 
Colossians 1.13 says we were, we were delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. And as he pulled us out of darkness and brought us in the light so that we can be the lights of the world. But we can't do that in compromise with the world. So God had mercy on us. We obtained that mercy from him. And God will not have mercy on you just so that you can partner again with sin and wickedness. That wasn't why he saved us. He saved us that we can be a beacon of light to draw others to him. Now, we may not be doing wickedness per se, but if you're in the presence of those who do wickedly, if you are their presence and you say nothing to correct them, you are in league with them in their sin. Psalm 1-1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Watch your associations. Who are you listening to daily? From whom are you taking advice or counsel? Even your friends and family may mean well, but if they are not speaking what God is speaking to your spirit, then don't take to heart what they say. The Bible is clear. It says, evil communications corrupts good manners. You know, the old folks used to say, birds of a feather flock together. Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together unless they are in agreement? So those of us who are in covenant with God, that means at some point we made an agreement with God. Okay? So we can't be in agreement with God and in agreement with the world at the same time. But if we are in covenant with, covenant with God, we have to abide by that covenant. If we want the benefits of that covenant, which are primarily deliverance, prosperity, protection from our enemies, healing, deliverance from every sick and ailment and everything the enemy could throw at us, to have those, we have to abide in his word, abide in his covenant. If we want to remain in the blessing, we must, we must do what is required. God said it in his word that he has set before us life and death, blessing or cursing. Then he tells what his choice is for our lives. He says in Deuteronomy 30, 19, choose life that both you and your seed may live. How easy is that? Listen to God. He wants us to choose life and to be blessed. Of course he does. God is the blessed one forever. That's who he is. That's why we hallow his name. He's blessed. He's honored to, to be honored, to be reverenced highly above everything that's in this world. And that's what the Bible says about God. He who is blessed desired that we be as he is. He wants us to be blessed. He chose us for the blessing. God wants us to be like him. He is hallowed. He is holy. God said, be ye holy as I am holy. That's in 1 Peter 1.16. To be holy or hallowed means to be set far above everything else that is in this world. It's not being pious. Is being the best we could ever be in this human existence. That is why God gave us the blessing. That's what the blessing is for, to elevate us into the presence of holiness, into the place God would have had us, in the place we would have been had Adam not sinned and the devil had not overtaken the world. In truth, that's why Jesus came to earth. That's why he died and resurrected. He came to restore humanity back into holiness back into that hallowed place where only God lives. That's where God originally created mankind. That is where he placed the recreated or saved person. Our spirits have been regenerated to look like God on the inside. The rest is up to us. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we can learn to walk as sons of God in this earth. Dress like our Father in heaven with all of his glory. 
and not with some other deity's costume on. So it's time for us to be the true believers in Jesus Christ, the authentic sons and daughters of God in every way. Hallowed be his name, for his is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This has been Paula Matthews for Epic Books and Cafe. Until next time.